from the trails, woods, and waters of the Great Lakes State to the Michigan Talk Network. It's Wild Michigan with your host, Duran Martinez. Michigan, Duran Martinez hanging out with you on the Michigan Talk Network, winding down 2022. If 2024 would just get here, I'm just saying. But uh, no, we're very happy to have you here. And, and we are winding down our 16th year of the show, getting ready for number 17. Technically, we're in 17. But uh, very happy to have you here. Thanks to our friends at Not Just Guns, Mike Green and his fantastic gang at Cedar Street 127 in Mason. Also, Conquest Sense. And uh, we're going to talk with Doug Roberts here momentarily. Because you still have time. You, you still need to amp up your scent game as we wind down the whitetail deer season, the firearm deer season, the late bow season here in Michigan. The Zone 3 guys getting out uh, and gals, of course, uh, getting out. And uh, it, it's been it's been relatively smooth sailing as far as the weather. The cold is going to start really getting in here. Uh, probably colder than normal normal temps as we've been warmer than normal uh, for December. But we want to find out how that's going to affect the last uh, couple of weeks of whitetail firearm deer season here in Michigan and the late bow season. All right, I can tell you already how it is, affects late bow season is your 60-pound, your 70-pound bow turns into 90 and 100 pounds because you're so cold. But uh, we're going to talk with Doug Roberts right now on the Conquest Sense hotline about uh, how that's going to affect the deer. Doug, how are you, sir? Very good. Good. Glad to be with you, Duran. Always glad to have you here, and, and thanks. I'm, I'm going to... Uh, thank you publicly for that that awesome care package that you put together for us every year the scrape maker the vs1 the conquest uh scent package of rotting buck vs1 and of course Evercalm, and the liquid vs1 which is it's like it's like gold you know your friends are a lot like you know like they're shaking and itching saying hey uh, can you can you top off my stink stick for me i'm like no <laughs> no i mean all of a sudden you're that guy and pookier is all your friends <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's not a bad thing. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's amazing. VS One is still one of those things. It's uh, actually going to be twenty years, and it is sold out every single year in liquid form. It's uh, it's been kind of a cool run. So glad it works for people. Yeah, it, it really does because it it's such it's such a, a unique thing out there. And you know, and, and what's nice is. It, it comes so nicely packaged, and, you know, all the instructions are there. Everything's there, and you know this is a quality product. You know it hasn't been sitting on a, a big box store shelf or a peg hook for Lord knows how long in the warm store and everything else. That really, you know, when you really get into this business, that makes a huge difference. It, we have been very blessed that our products have sold very well through the stores. There's not carryover, so you're not purchasing the old stuff. Um, even the buyers at you know at the the bigger box stores and small box stores are are kind of surprised. Actually, uh, the buyer at Bass Pro Cabela says he says you guys have created almost a cult following that people are so loyal to your product 
so it really helps them know what do they have to order because they know what's going to go out of their stores and out the doors. And uh, so it's 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 been really a, a blessing to us to know that we've had that kind of support. Well, you know, the product has spoken for itself all, all these years, and the, um, the the word of mouth, I think, has been probably, in in my opinion. One of the one of the biggest one of the biggest things for you guys. I mean, I, I know advertising and the su- the support for sponsorship you've given us here and uh, other places help, but that all falls again into the word of mouth category. That somebody that's been listening to us trusts us and finds it, and then it's like, oh my gosh, what have I been, have I been missing here? No, and, and you're exactly right. There's two things that have really really made a difference for us in in our growth, and and that is one hunters telling other hunters, um, guys guys shooting bigger bucks in areas that they've never even seen those deer, and then all the guys hunting with them are going, how in the world did you get that? Well, I, I use Evercom, I use VS1, I use Running Buck, you know, from Conquest. Oh, my gosh, can I can I get it? Or they go and buy it. And the other thing was is, is the TV show. Uh, when we opened up the doors um, to our home, to our, our company, to the farm, and said, Listen, this is this is the real ups and downs of life that we go through here to get this product for the hunters uh, that are using it. Um, and a lot of people really gravitated and started trying our products and, and fell in love with them. And so it's those two things have been huge for us. Doug Roberts is our guest here. We call him the Deer Professor, the uh, the, uh, the the man behind the, the VS1 and the Evercalm and and the uh, Running Buck, all those great products that you've been putting out. Uh, Kind of describe, if you can, because it's not a real big trade secret, what VS1 is. VS1 is when we synchronize the does into heat, and we can do that through different chemicals. Uh, It's not by daylight or anything. Um, We then go in when they're at the peak of that estrous cycle. and, And you have to understand the estrous cycle. Does will take one to two days of coming into heat. And that is when you really see the bucks chasing them around, and that one buck is trying to get her pushed off to herself. Then she comes into heat, and she'll normally be in heat for about a 24-hour period. It can go a little longer than that, but it's really one day. And within that day, she will be bred numerous times by that buck to make sure that, that she gets pregnant. And then it'll be a day or two of going out of heat, well, VS1 is collected at the very top two to three, four hours of that 24-hour cycle. And we not only collect the urine, but we collect the secretions that are in the vaginal tract that have the highest pheromone count. And so by combining those two things together, it creates by far the strongest estrous scent on the market. And then we do one more thing. We super ovulate them. So for every egg that ripens and drops into their system, a normal doe is going to drop one or two. In fact, two is the norm. Mm -hmm. So let's say we give it 10 points. So that is 20 points worth of estrous pheromones. Well, when we super ovulate, they're dropping four to five eggs. Wow. So if we, yeah, so it's, it's literally a hundred to 150 times stronger than a doe just naturally coming into heat. And so it allows that scent to carry further through the wind currents. It allows that scent to stay in your mock scrapes or whatever you put it on. It stays there longer 
and holds a stronger smell. Now, the catch is to do all of this and to get all this collected, it costs money. It oh, sure. It takes a lot of time. Right. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of wear and tear on the deer, and our facility is very, very good. The deer get used to it, and they know what we, we're going to expect of them, and, and so it works very well. But that is why our pricing is more expensive than the other companies on the market, but their product is not the quality that ours is. So hunters just have to decide, do they want the best of the best, or do they want something that, yeah, it's going to work, may, might work, might not work. The, 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 the something I've used for so many years, therefore I don't want to change. As we have this conversation exactly. with everything, with everything yeah. we talk about, uh, whether it be deer management or scent products or or, or whatever, you know, uh, I, and you know, the, the, I, the best, Duran, the best way to answer that question is this: When a hunter goes out to hunt in his area, is he hunting just for deer or just for any buck? Or are you truly hunting for the dominant buck in that area? If you want to shoot the biggest, oldest, most dominant buck in that area, you you literally need to use Evercommon VS1 or Running Buck Conquest Sense because it's literally the freshest, strongest scent on the market. But if you're just looking to harvest deer, any scent in the market will work. And that is sound advice from the dear professor himself, Doug Roberts. Doug, we're going to talk a little bit about the late season and what we can expect or or possibly look for, rather, for a deer activity as we get uh, the colder weather coming up the last couple of weeks of this uh, year. Hold, please. We are being brought to you by our friends at Conquest Sense, located right there in Davison, Michigan. Find the link on our website, wildmichiganradio.com. You can join us on Facebook or listen to podcasts, all from our website at wildmichiganradio.com. Now, back to Duran Martinez and Wild Michigan. Cross the line at an altitude time, in a state 94 more miles through the Great Lakes State. Turn it up so the bus ain't late, another night in Michigan. Welcome back to Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez. Happy to have you here. Not just guns, bringing it to you. Also, Conquest Sense, and we're not going to go too far uh, out and about. We're going to talk about the latter port of white-tailed deer season right now uh, as we have just a short time left in 2022 for the season. Uh, we want to talk with Doug Roberts right now from Conquest Sense about um, what we can expect. Uh, yesterday, Doug, you and I had conversation about, you know, does, does anybody hunt because i'm seeing literally uh fields full of of what i'm assuming are just does and, and maybe button bucks and, and maybe a yearling uh, buck out there but but large quantities from like 60 to 100 deer uh the area that i typically hunt um you know you get a new guy that hunts the property as well now he doesn't use the same scent control tactics or the same uh, go in, go out tactics, and, and things get a little, little more difficult. But um, you know, we've had it pretty easy up until this point, and now we're going to start to get colder. Uh, how is the activity for the the latter part of this season going to go, and, and how is that that late cycle that I hear about uh, for does? Well, it's it's interesting with the warm weather. I've had a lot of people call me and going, where have the deer all gone? 
um, and then others call and go, man, I got so many deer in the area. It's, it's really been kind of a weird Michigan season. Um, but there's more people not seeing deer, and that's because they're, they're actually setting health-wise very, very good. They've had good food sources. They haven't had to burn off their fat stores uh, a lot. Even the bucks that are really rutting um, have had a pretty easy time of, of getting the job done. What's going to happen when this cold weather hits is that everybody is going to go to food sources. Um, so hunters, either go find it, go set up on it, whether it's a cornfield, soybean, your food plots. But the very best food sources are where you're going to find these deer because, uh, you know, again, we're going to actually uh, colder than normal temps, which is really going to get them to shift over. With that being said, that means everyone's going to congregate together. So in those areas, when that third rut hits, it's those doe fawns and yearlings that, you know, are, are going to come into cycle, you're going to see a lot of heavy activity real quick in those areas. Um, so, again, it's all going to pretty much happen around the food sources, uh, but you'll know when a doe comes in the heat because it's, it's going to be a frenzy. But it's only going to be for probably maybe a five-day period seven-day period at the most so it's going to be short and quick well um, that's about, what i would look for if i was hunting with about 15 days left 14 days that's not a bad thing <laughs> you know we, no <laughs> you know it's it's if you can withstand the cold right um and you can be on top of the best food sources in your area they're going to start coming out earlier in the evenings because that's going to be the warmest time of the day and then what's, what a lot of people don't understand is the coldest time of the day is just as that sun's coming up, is pushing all that cold air down to the ground. Well, the best thing, the smartest thing a deer can do for the most part is just lay curl up through that. So they'll actually come out 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock when that frigid edge finally wears off just a touch. Now, that might only be a degree or two, but to them a degree or two is the difference of living or dying. Um, so in the mornings, I would see them coming out a little later, being cold. Evenings coming out a little sooner. You know, and that's and that's so critical too. Because look, I know. I mean, we all know. Anybody that's been out hunting first thing in the morning in the winter time knows how that pre-dawn dip is. How freaking cold it can be and i mean you're shaking you don't want to move unless you're sitting Brian, there and... it just flat out hurts <laughs> let's just face it it flat out hurts okay and it's if you're over fun. 50 you really know <laughs> you really know oh what doug God. and i are talking about <laughs> you know the padding's still there doug. i have i have to be inside a blind i can't do it anymore <laughs> I'm a wimp. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It's it's funny, you know, it, and, and from what I understand, I haven't tried it yet, but now I'm going to. Uh, those, those you know, Mr. Buddy heaters or whatever the heck those things are called, they may sound like they're making a ton of noise, but it doesn't seem to really affect the animals much inside your blind, which is great. I own one. I have one. I love them. They, Mr. Heater body suit is, is a ticket in cold weather. I tell you, it, they work. Um, just, and I know the owner and he's done a great job making a great product. I, I laughed at it at first. I thought, really? So when you're getting cold weather and you snuggle into those things, it's a lifesaver because you can sit out there for probably two, three hours longer, if not all day long. 
Well, you know, I'm glad you said that because, oh, look, I poo-pooed a lot of things in this business that I've ended up going, wow, that really, really isn't that bad. And, and I will say that about the suit, and I'm glad to hear you make a, a you know, a testimony about that because now I'm like, okay, because – Look, man, I've learned in 16 years so much from you that uh, I'm just going to take your word for it on this one. <laughs> hey, Duran, go get one. They're worth every penny. And I'm telling every hunter, it's, it is amazing the ability that you have. Like you said, that, that bow gets so heavy, your fingers get cold, your toes get cold. In that thing, you don't. Uh, especially if you just have little hand warmers in there. It literally is a game changer. So kind of cool. That's awesome. Well, you know, and and real quickly back to the deer too. Look look for those those food plots or or main food plot areas, soybean fields, cornfield edges because they're going to come out once that once that little bit. I mean, when, when we feel it, imagine something that just has hollow-haired fur on it. How they're going to feel it, and, and exactly. Uh, that, Doug, like you said, they're going to feel a one-degree temperature rise far faster than we are. Yep. Yeah, it's, you know, again, think of winter. Think of the thermals, the wintering grounds. I mean, there's only a difference maybe of three to five degrees. Normally, it's two to three degrees difference. But that's the difference of them living or dying and making it through that winter. Um, so, again, yeah, hunters create wintering grounds as much as you can on your properties. You're going to hold the deer late winter. They're going to come there in late season uh, and then have the food sources for them. You've, you've hit a home run at that point. Uh, a lot of those big bucks that make it through, they have to come out and eat, and that's when a lot of them are harvested um, just because of the food source. You got to remember too; like those food sources are what we we call hot foods—the corn, the soybeans. It's not cool foods like grass, greens, and browse. I mean, these are things that yep. they're looking for. Uh, that their their internal furnace is going to burn a lot hotter to keep them warmer. Exactly, and it also helps build those fat stores even in cold weather. Yeah, and back to that, uh, some friends of mine have taken some does, and they have had a huge amount of fat on them, uh, which leads me to believe we're probably in for a pretty cold winter. Well, they're saying it's gonna when it does hit, it's gonna hit hard, um, and so you know we just got to be ready for that. And you know we can maintain through it, but the more we can help, you know, the deer out. And again, Michigan, you can't bait, but. My goodness, there are ways of getting food plots and good sources out there. You know, like behind us, we left a bunch of corn standing. We left a bunch of soybeans standing. That'll get them through, you know, even if you get them through a month, month and a half, uh, that's that's going to get them over that hump and, and on to the next season. So, All right. Doug Roberts, as always, Conquest Sense, we appreciate you a great deal. And uh, we look forward to, you know, seeing you on the website, ConquestSense.com. We know you're going to be on the road here, a shot show coming up. So take like three seconds around Christmas Day to breathe before you get ready to go again. (laughs) Thank you so much, man. We got David A. Rose coming up here on the Conquest Sense Hotline on Wild Michigan. You can send your suggestions, comments, or questions to us here via email at outdoormailbag at gmail.com. Now, back to Wild Michigan. Turn the quiet up. Turn the noise down. Let this old world 
just spin around. Welcome back to Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez. Very happy to have you here on the Michigan Talk Network. Next week, I think we're going to do a best of for the for the Christmas holiday and Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays to everybody. However it is you'd like to uh, uh, say it, that's how we're going to say it. Um, but uh, again, we're very happy to have you here and blessed to be on uh, the Michigan Talk Network for another year, and especially in my own my hometown uh, of Lansing. I've spent so much uh, over half my life, oddly enough, on the radio here in Lansing, and uh, it's been it's been great. It's it's a fun run. I hope it continues at least for a couple more years. And uh, we talked to. Uh, Doug Roberts from Conquest Sense in the first segment of the show. And don't forget, if you're looking for Christmas or holiday gifts, not just guns, Cedar Street 127 in Mason. Mike Green, his staff, second to none in the gun business in this area. They get business from all over the country, especially when it comes to their uh, auctions, which was uh, earlier this week. Uh, they had an auction and notjustguns.com, and you can pick up your firearm the next day. If you are living in a different area, they can get it to an FFL authorized dealer so you can pick up your firearm from them. Wherever you're at in the listening area, they'll get it to you. They'll do the paperwork. They'll handle it, notjustguns.com. David A. Rose is our good friend, outdoor writer and uh, fishing guide and all-around fun dude. How are you, sir? I'm good. And my real question is, is there really a best of? You know, I'd like to think that (laughs) all of them are just of. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you you can decide what what the best of is um yeah, if yeah, there is such a thing good. i don't know i you know we've been we've been so fortunate david we've had we've had numerous awards for the show which you know look they're cool for that moment and it's great to be judged by the industry people but what's more fun more important is to hear somebody say you know i tried this or I did this, or I did this this way that your guest talked about, and it, and it really worked. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. That's what's more important yeah. to me than anything, is to know that our guests are getting through to our listeners because our guests, like yourself, this is what you do for a living. This is what you do all the time. And I get to talk about it. It is. Isn't that cool? It, 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 it is, man. It's like getting off the phone with Doug Roberts about uh, deer estrus cycles and how the late season could pan out for you. Uh, I don't know if I could know any more about whitetail than I already do, but he proves me wrong every time he's on. Just yeah. like you do. We're fishing. always learning. And that's the great thing about the outdoors. We're always learning when it comes to hunting and fishing. Always. Everything's different. I mean, here we are. We're, we're in December, and our good friend Brian Brosdahl, bro, has been ice fishing for like a month now. You know, yeah, and, and, we were just talking about that. Yeah, and, and he lives up there where it's cold like all the time. You know, they get they get one month of warmth, and then everything after that is ice. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, but you know, we have the opportunity to fish open water to fish uh, some of the streams and some of the rivers right now. Uh, how's the, the steelhead, the salmon? Because I know we have the skimania that stick around a little bit longer. Yeah, you know, the steelhead fishing has been um, pretty okay. As I'm talking to you, we're kind of moving into that winter cycle, which, you know, by golly, um, winter's officially going to be here next week. And, um, yeah, so, you know, a lot of the steelheads, you'll get these little fresh runs and whatnot. They've really changed their diet over to uh, 
you know, bugs, wigglers, this, that, other things. It's not all just about the salmon roe that they came up to eat, you know, back in October and November. And uh, so, yeah, you change your ways a little bit. Maybe maybe you uh, cast a spinner or a spoon and able to get one to go that way or something like that. But I'll, I'll tell you what, it, we are blessed that we are able to at least do some open water. There's fishing to be had. We'll just put it that way. No, there is, too. You don't need a boat, even though you may have winterized the boat, even though you don't have to right now. It's still nice to get out if you have warm storage anyway. But um, right. if you haven't winterized your boat, you can still safely get out if you, you know, with, without the fear of ice. But that all is going to change here, I'm thinking, the next, like, week. Yeah, it should. I mean, this is, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Christmas, we'll just put for an example, there's been very rare occasions here in the northwest corner of lower Michigan where I live that, you know, on Christmas Day, I've been able to ice fish. And it's a rare occasion, but it has happened. Uh, there was one year, I do believe it was 1992, I actually ice fished during the last week of firearm deer season that last week of November. But other than that, you know, even up here, you know, we get the snow belt, this, that. We just don't have ice happening until about January 1st, and that's amazing. How quickly that can change once the lake skims over, it builds ice quickly. So we're 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 lucky in that. Um, and there's been some guys and gals out on some lakes. You know, the highest elevation in the Lower Peninsula is around the Cadillac area, and so you got Lakes Mitchell and Cadillac. And there's been some people sneaking out on some of the bayous and whatnot, catching some fish. Oh, you know, that first ice really scares me. I know safety is always paramount in what we talk about with everything on this show. But why, and I kind of know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway, why is first ice so important to anglers? I mean, I, I know it's the different type of fishing, but it seems to be a very hot time to fish as well. Yeah, you know, it's, <clears throat> excuse me, there's, there are still some live green weeds out there. Um, even though the waters are start in, starting to freeze up, um, we're still getting some light penetration through the thinner, more solid ice, and there's, there's plenty of oxygen. Um, the fish have not really seen a lot of um, offerings to them, you know, in the last couple months. And so that first ice, I mean, obviously there's still plenty of oxygen in the water, and we're able to they're, – they're they haven't moved to their super winter, uh, midwinter haunts yet. And, uh, yeah, it's just one of those times you can go to where you last fished in open water and still have the possibility of catching some fish through the ice. So it's it's a time of year. I mean, sometimes, you know, first ice, depending on the lake or something, might not happen until February. You know, up here, some of these huge olig oh, excuse me, I can't even talk, oligotrophic, there we go, oligotrophic lakes, very young, very deep, very cold. They don't freeze till later. But just because it's first ice – doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be good because it could be midwinter and the oxygen levels could be low. So, yeah, first ice is just good because, you know, the fish are hungry still. Uh, the water's, you know, it's about to get dark. Uh, they're, they're eating what they can while they can, and, you know, that's one of the reasons first ice is so good. David A. Rose is joining us here on the Conquest Sense Hotline. David, uh, we hear a lot about lake turnover and when does that usually happen with the colder temperatures, and how does that affect the fishing? Well, you know, and again, in my neck of the woods, uh, that tends to happen about October time frame. Could be early to mid-October when that water, oh, all of a sudden starts getting into the 50s, and you get into that mid-50s. And, you know, turnover, usually in a lake uh, during the summertime and the warmer water months, 
well, the water is a little warmer on the surface. There is a thermocline, <clears throat> and then that water, that cold water stays down below that thermocline. Well, yeah, about that time of year when it's mid-50s, all of a sudden it's turnover. And a lake literally can roil. I've seen, <clears throat> I can tell when it happens sometimes, you can actually see the water, you know, in, in a really clear water lake, all of a sudden it turns muddy. And that's because that water is actually flipping, and it's pulling up some of that silt and whatnot off the bottom. And uh, so that, again, in this neck of the woods, yeah, October, early to mid-October, it was a little later this year because we had some warm weather. But um, And then after that, when the water has roiled, settled down a little bit, and it's pretty much the same temperature from top to bottom, uh, that's a big trigger for those fish to, uh, you know, they can come into the shallows, uh, you know, get all that, all that fresh food that just roiled in that water, the bugs, the, the crustaceans and whatnot, and then and the minnows that are up in their feeding. So, um, yeah, that mid, that <clears throat> right after the turnover could be an excellent time. Yeah, yeah I, I can see that too. And do they, when, when that happens and the food sources start, do they start coming up? Do they stay at about a mid-level where the warmer water is? Well, <clears throat> again, you know, the water is pretty much the same temperature from top to bottom. So they're... Um, you know, you start maybe, yeah, it might be some more and more water where a, a, a river stream comes or a swamp comes, you know, into into the waterway. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those times of year where it's kind of that last minute, you know, here's the food. It's going to start slowing down. And that's the way Mother Nature made it is, you know, uh, get in there and feed while you can because right. uh, there's going to be a lot less food. David A. Rose joining us. We're going to talk more about the ice coming. The ice man cometh on Wild Michigan on the Michigan Talk Network. To everyone that has served this great country, keeping us free to enjoy the great outdoors, thank you from Duran Martinez and Team Wild Michigan. I'm just trying to be a father, raise a daughter and a son, be a lover to their mother. Everything to everyone. Welcome back to Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez. Very happy to have you here. Being brought to you by Not Just Guns, Cedar Street 127 in Mason, as well as Conquest Sense, Davison, Michigan. Doug Roberts, a dear professor, on uh, earlier in this show today. Very happy to have him on as always. Talking now with David A. Rose um, from Wild Fishing, outdoor rider. You, Dave's been around everywhere. Of course, we're coming into show season, uh, you know, which you, you've done that for a long time. Uh, let me ask you a question. David, do you think the shows have bounced back from the, the two years of shutdown we had with the pandemic? Yeah, they're definitely bouncing back uh, when it comes to what I'll call customer-wise. People that want to go to a show, you know, get touchy-feely with hunting and fishing equipment, um, very much so bouncing back. Um, it is a little more difficult for some of the distributors and whatnot. Uh, you know, product is still not available a lot of times. So, you know, they, they there may not be as many booths or something like that. Um, but that's changing, too. But, but still, the, the shows are big. A lot of people want to get out. Um, you know, humans by nature, that's what we do. You know, we're... We, we, we like to gather, and um, the fishing shows are a great place, like I say, to gather and, you know, see what's new, what's coming out. Maybe found an, find an old product that you love that you can only find at the shows, 
that's what the shows are doing, and that's and that's why they're they're bouncing back. You know, I can't imagine what the guides went through. Oh my gosh, when when, when tourism these shows are their bread and butter. You know, they book I don't know how many trips per show. And that's what they live on throughout the course of the year. You shut down a world economy, okay, which I yep. think, bad idea to begin with, but I'm going to leave the politics out of it for a minute, um, <laughs> which I didn't, but I did. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I don't know how they're, they're going to draw people back in. You know, I mean, they have to make up for what they lost, but that probably won't happen. They probably have to start fresh. Yeah, a lot of places are just, I mean, that's kind of what you have to do when, when something like that happens. You just, it's not what you lost, you just didn't get, you know, right. that kind of thing. So, um, you know, there's a, and there's a lot of guides out there doing their thing. A lot of people want to get out fishing and learn from these guides. And and um, so that's what they're doing. So the guide, you know, guide seasons and stuff like that, they've been doing okay. You know, again, people can get back out in the boat because, we, you know, we all suffered through that, whether you're just a, a client or whether you're an actual guide or something like that. We didn't get to go out and do the kind of things we wanted with other people. But now, you know, um, last year, you know, the, the Ultimate Fishing Show was the first one to, you know, come back. And, boy, there was a lot of companies out there watching, you know, what was going to happen. And it, we proved, you know, at the Ultimate Fishing Show, which is coming up here in um, in Novi in early January. Uh, yeah, it's people want it. People want to come to these shows and they want to get touchy feely with things. I really, I really think during that time, that that time indoors or, or whatever the hell they call it, you know, safe distancing or whatever they called it, right, right, um, that more people uh, probably found not only found the time to get out or but found or made the time to try something new, and I think we may see, which I, I really hope, uh, a new a group of anglers that probably wouldn't have seen before. Oh, that's very true. You know, hunting license sales went up, uh, fishing license sales went up during during a time when there wasn't anything else really open, and and it really opened the eye, you know, opened the eyes to a lot of future outdoor people. Now we just have to be careful. I mean, we have to start watching creel limits on fish or how many deer we take or something like that. Because when you have more people, well, there's more more game, more fish being taken. You know, unless you're doing the catch and release, which obviously hunting is not that way, but. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, it, it's it's opening up a whole new a whole new system. Uh, we we still don't know where where that's going, and, and you know we see it as an outdoor writer and photographer. Um, you know, magazines are changing this, that, everything else, and it's just. But the whole world really changed during this whole thing. So um, yeah, people people are enjoying getting outside, and again, the the, the shows are just a. A proof in the pudding that everybody still wants to uh, to learn from one another. David A. Rose joining us here on the Conquest Sense uh, Hotline here on Wild Michigan. Uh, David, you just kind of hit on, a, on an interesting point about uh, the the magazine industry or the, or the outdoor writers um, with, with so many publications going to these E type uh, magazines online and whatnot, subscriptions online. To me, it seems that the outdoors industry is doing that at a slower pace than anybody else because I still see and get uh, lots of magazines. And and I think because we are so resistant to change in what we do, 
that they'll hang on a little bit longer than probably newspapers will and other forms of entertainment. Oh, there's no doubt, but there's a lot of publications that have gone totally digital. Now, as an outdoor writer, you know, I am a, I'm in business. I'm, I'm self-employed, and, you know, I hate to say it this way, but, you know, whether it's a hard copy publication or it's something digital, as long as I'm able to get the word out and then get paid for that, right? <laughs> you know, it is a business. Um, but it, I guess it really doesn't matter whether it's, you know, an e-form or, uh, you know, an actual print form. Um, I I still prefer to sit down, you know, read something in print with the light behind me instead of the light shining in my eyes. That's just me. You know, I'm, I'm a little older person now, mid-50s. I, I just kind of grew up that way, and it feels good. And so, but, you know, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, a lot of outdoor publications – Get red in the restroom. <laughs> and it's not always easy to do that, you know, uh, with a cell phone or whatnot. And, you know, we, we still have magazine. Us outdoors people still have magazine racks in the restroom. And, and uh, you know, that's where, that's where a lot of publications get read. Yeah, it, it, it's funny. And it, it's, it's true, though. I mean, I, if not for my phone, you know, <laughs> I don't know what I would do a lot of times. And, and we never thought we'd come to that point even 15 years ago never thought we'd get to the point where we are with phones. Uh, it's, it's been such a drastic change. But uh, but I like to see, I, when it comes to the, the physicality of having something in my hand, I love that. But um, have you noticed that, you know, the amount of clicks you're getting on an article or is it just something part of a scroll through? All D, all the above, you know. Um, and again, it depends on what I do with an article. Let's say I write an article for Field and Stream, and I get on social media and I say, hey, you know, if you're interested in this, check this out. Here's an article I just did for uh, Field and Stream, Outdoor Life, whoever, Michigan Outdoor News. It doesn't matter. Here, check this out online. And, you know, that that gets people going in there, and you can you can tell they by the amount of time they spent there. Yeah, they, they read the whole article. They looked at the photos. Um, uh, and, and that's a good thing. But, again – you know, it's it's a job I never had to do before. It's some it's a time consuming thing that I'm not getting paid for, but yet I'm still trying to give worth to my article and to my photos. So I have to be a salesperson on social media, and you know, between you and me, and well, now everybody, um, gosh, I I miss I miss the days before social media. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, you're not the only one. You know, I I, I haven't I haven't graduated to that. Uh, me video thing yet, you know? What I mean, the the, the TikTok right, right. or the the YouTube or anything. I I I like doing what I do here because if somebody likes listening to what we're talking about, that's great. Uh, I, I can't just throw myself in front of a, a camera and say, "Look at me, listen to me," because I think that's a short, shorter, and boring show than me doing this by myself. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, and one of the things about being in radio is. So, you know, I, I have an appointment or I have to drive somewhere. I'm going to the grocery store. It doesn't matter. Boom. I turn it on and there's there's your show. And I can listen to it. I don't have to be reading it. I don't have to be doing whatever. And, you know, there, there's a lot of ways to get information out there. But for some reason, radio is still one of those. I mean, hey, we get in our car, we turn on the radio. There's no doubt. Yeah, and podcasts have really taken on a life of their own, too, because it used to be, you know, because of our show, we have a podcast. Now everybody and their brother with a microphone has a podcast. And it's I don't even know how to – I wouldn't even know where to begin to weed that out. Right. And, it, it, and it's, you know, 
for the folks really thinking about getting into it, hey, I want to I want to do something outdoor, you know, related on podcast or whatever. You know, there's only so much sponsorship out there, and, and nobody's really making money on this stuff. Anymore. No. I mean, and again, is it about the money? Well, when you do it in the industry and this is your job, yeah. You know, if you can imagine, you, you, you know, you work for a car manufacturer or something like that, and it goes, to, you know, totally robotic, well, you just – you lost your job, and that's kind of what's happening here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've been almost thirty years in the in the radio business, and I, I tell my wife, and she doesn't understand that I got in at the end of when it was good. You know, yeah. when we were still had private ownership, and corporate radio wasn't taken over, and the FCC ruling uh, didn't kill everything. But, um, right. but you know, but again, I, I'm I'm fortunate to have a platform to bring great yeah. guests to. I'm fortunate to have the stations on that we are on, and you know, I I, I has this ever been about the money? No, unfortunately, no. But it's kind of turned yeah, into right. It. <laughs> yeah. As long as you can, you know, and anybody in the outdoor industry is going to tell you, as long as you can keep your lights on and you're living a life, you know, talking about there, doing something you really enjoy. I mean. Us outdoor people never retire. There's, no. there's two reasons. Number one, we don't have the money to retire, and number two, we love what we do. Why would we? Why would we get out of what we're doing? I, you know, if I'm going to sit on a beach with a, you know, coconut cream whatever pie or drink or something <laughs> in my hand, you know, why wouldn't I be fishing at the same time? And why wouldn't I be telling people about this? Absolutely, David A. Rose. Look for him. He's going to be out and about, or look for him in publications that you can actually hang on to. Or online, too. <laughs> I'm Duran Martinez. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks to Not Just Guns. Thanks to Conquest Sense. Thanks to Doug Roberts for joining us in this hour of the show. Another hour coming your way. Find us online, wildmichiganradio.com, facebook.com slash wildmichigan, or wherever quality penguin press books are sold. <laughs>